sure it's not for the struggling let's enjoy Hello, good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Bill Clark, and I am the host of the Scrambled Eggs and Ham podcast. And Scrambled Eggs and Ham podcast is a bi-weekly show focused upon the reinvention of the lives of each interviewee as a result of or inspired by life-changing illnesses that have now become a part of their daily existence. In each case, the interviewee has used his or her illness from strokes to neurological disorders, for example, as an impetus for personal growth. So this morning, this morning I have a very special guest, special, special guest, Treves Thompson. Good morning, Treves. How are you doing, feeling today? Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. The weather's okay here. A lot of rain, but we're, we're doing okay. We have a lot of problems, but we are doing great over here. So, tre- so Treves. Would you like to, I was reading, I was looking at your website, and Treeps is a visual artist. Um, I was looking at the part where it says, what does, you know, how has life been for you, a artist, a visual artist going blind? I was reading that article. I also visited your website, and I was looking at that you have a farm. You run yes. a farm, is that correct? Yes, I do. Wow, that's incredible. And you also, I was looking at something that intrigued me, a com- comedy show? So that's something I took up as a result of my uh, visual impairment. Um, I have always enjoyed uh, board games and, you know, that sort of thing. And improv and stand-up comedy appeals to that same part of my brain. And I don't have to be able to see to do it. Wow, yeah. That's, the, that's amazing. I got to check that out one day. Definitely got to check that out. So you have, you are struggling with, you have a disease called, I'm going to say the the, 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 the abbreviation for it. Is it called MACTEL? Correct. I have, Mac, I have MACTEL, which is short for Parathusea macular telangiectasia. And I have type 2, which means it affects both eyes. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Like, it's stupid where they've diagnosed about 3,000 people in the world so far with it. Wow. So when did you find out that you had this disease, MacTell? When did it start in your life? Well, you know, I'm going to be honest. It probably, I had symptoms probably for at least five or six years before we got into it. And the last couple of years, I was just, I was super busy with the farm and everything. And I kept telling people, like, oh, I got to go get new glasses. Like, I really can't see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the day I went in, they do all the, the regular tests and and it became apparent as the, you know, the exam was going on that I wasn't really acing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it became very clear quickly that I had, had lost what my doctor called a significant amount of sight at that point. Mm-hmm. What were the symptoms like? Like were so you... the symptoms for me, I, and I honestly, I, this is, this is going to sound really stupid and terrible, but I didn't even notice some of the things that were wrong mm-hmm. until they 
kind of told me what was going on. I didn't realize I couldn't see straight lines anymore. All wow. lines are wavy and broken to me. Wow. How long, so you are a visual artist. Yes. How is life as a visual artist and you are going blind? How is so, that? So, um, I'm, I'm having to constantly learn and adapt. Uh, I started in stained glass painting. That was what I was most interested mm -hmm. in. And of course, that's very fine detail work. All of stained glass is not just soldering and, and uh, you know, painting and fine detail. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm and that, that's lost to me now. So I'm, I'm working in larger scale, uh, working sometimes in different materials. Um, I'm really doing stuff with adhesives now that I don't think other glass artists are, you know, mm -hmm. really doing. Do you have help with your projects? So at this point, no. I'm still doing all the art myself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, taking on somebody at some point, you know, is definitely a possibility. Okay. I'm looking at one of your projects. I think it's called Project uh, 4. And this is what intrigued me so much about why well, I love your work, by the way. And this is yeah. what intrigued me about it. It looks like a face and behind prison wire, black wire with eyes attached to it, glass eyes. And it's red and the figure, the head is gold and there's red around it and there's black, like a cage like effect. Are you trying to say that in this, what I get from this image is that you are uh, a prisoner? So actually, no, this, this piece that you're referring to is actually part of a, that's a close up of a larger panel of work that I completed earlier this year. Uh -huh. And it's a triptych uh, basically under the, my losing sight series that just talks about what it is to be a visual artist. And that face is actually one of my, uh, you know, fine detail paintings that I did in Italy. Wow. When I still had, you know, more use of my eyes. But what I did was I took it and I cut it into about 400 tiny pieces. And the act of destroying, you know, fine work that you've done is really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I reassembled her on a convex uh, like a Victorian glass frame. Remember the bubble glass that was popular in those times? Yes, I, I sort of remember that. Yes, I do. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were called convex frames, and they sort of bubbled out about three or four inches. And so I took one of those old glass, uh, you know, bubble pieces mm -hmm. and reassembled her uh, wow. onto that piece. And I re actually replaced her eyes with chewed-up dog toys. Okay. Well, <laughs> you replaced her eyes with what? Chewed-up dog toys? Yep, a dog had chewed out the eyes of a toy, and I salvaged those pieces. And uh, wow. actually, were salvaged by a friend of mine, and I incorporated them into this piece. Wow, I like—I really like that. I like—I like that concept of the, you know. Yeah, that whole piece is right now. It's under consideration um, down in Lorton, Virginia, for the Glass Nationals. I should hear something back in a week or so if it's been accepted or not. Wow, well, I, I really—I'm going to hope and pray and chant that it is accepted. Wow. Well, thank you. That's incredible. I love that piece. I love that piece. So um, you work with found objects also, is that correct? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. 
I had the good fortune to meet a group of women uh, down here called the Trashy Women. They're kind of an offshoot of the dumpster uh, <laughs> in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, and uh, we actually had a combined show. I think it was last year during the plague sometime. Time is fuzzy in the plague. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the they almost all work with found objects, and they were very encouraging. Um, yeah. Some of my pieces, you know, were working with sound objects, but not, maybe not to the degree that most of them were, but but definitely have just been, a, you know, great source of support and inspiration. And Another piece that, I, that I'm fond of is Bob and Sorrel. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the pieces I really love also. And for our listeners, um, I'm going to describe it, but you could can, you can help me because, you know, it's art is subjective. I'm looking at um, a man. I think he was a mannequin at one point, mm-hmm. and a horse. Yes. And, and a horse is lifelike statue yes. for me. Um, and the man is life. The mannequin is lifelike. And it's a on it's a you apply the process of um, mosaic glass. Is that yes. correct? On yes. each figure. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that? So, um, I really got fascinated early on um, with, well, it's a little complex because I I went through a period of time um, after I started glass painting Mm -hmm. where my life got really hard. I went through a divorce, foreclosure, bankruptcy. Mm I lost three of my four grandparents in a few short years. My cousin died, my best friend died, my dog died. Oh no. Both my parents got severe medical diagnoses. Yeah, it was just this really, really tough time. Mm -hmm. And I stopped being able to work on whole glass sheets. Mm -hmm. And I began to work exclusively with broken glass pieces. Um, And very quickly I got fascinated with the sculpture. Uh-huh. process and so Cowboy Bob was really the second of my sculptural mm-hmm. um, you know 3D pieces and a, a tremendous amount of work and learning curve I probably put 800 hours mm-hmm. him, and I put a lot more into Sorrow but more because each one of those pieces of glass on Sorrow is hand enameled mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just there's, so there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of, of hand-painted pieces of glass. Mm-hmm. Do you work with broken mirror? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. How do you, since since you are, your eyesight is in decline and, it's de- and you have this degenerative disease called MACTEL, does that, does it take the process longer for you? Or how, or how do you, what inspires you to make these things? How do you, do you dream about them? Does it, are you dreaming and all of a sudden you get this idea? Or is it something that happened in the past that you want to tell us about? You're telling the story about? Or is it something happening in the present? How do you, how do you get this inspiration for these pieces? So there's, there's, there's two ways that inspiration comes for me. The first, the first thing um, is that sometimes I'm simply tactile. I hold something in my hand and it, will tell me what it wants to be. Mm. There's a piece, I don't know if it's on my website or not, but it would certainly be on my Facebook page called the Peace Bomb. Uh And it was an old mortar shell. 
that I found of all things in Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And literally I laid my hand on it and I was almost driven to my knees with the vision mm. of what that wanted to be. And it was a very, it was a six panel, um, you know, kind of traditional style Tiffany lamp, but all painted, mm. not uh, pieced together glass. So it was, those pieces were cut and fused and then painted. Uh, and it's, you know, it's very much an anti-war piece, but the technical aspects took me about three years wow. to get ready to actually finish that piece, to acquire all the, you know, skill and knowledge that I needed to put it together and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and some things just really are more dreamlike or, you know, kind of come to me in a meditation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and sometimes I'll catch a vision of something that I want to do, but I have to wait. A long time for it to get clear. Mm-hmm. Okay, how how why is that? I, I don't know. It's just it's just how I work. I will see something, and I don't. I almost always see the completed project, but I don't always see it clearly. Sometimes I have to wait for it to reveal, mm-hmm. which can be frustrating because it means I'll be working on a piece, and I have to stop. You know, sometimes for an hour or five hours or three days, you know, mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, this is the right direction or no, you know. Right, right, yeah. That's exactly what I saw. This is this, Now I see it more clearly and I can move forward. Yes, I can relate to that. I've had that experience when okay. I was when I was sculpting about um, just, you know, walk away from it, leave it alone, come back yeah. to it like three days later. And I can see clearly what the, you yes. know, what it needs, what direction I'm going in. So you, you talked about um, you had some tough times when you were going through um, a rut. Can I call it a rut or um, how did you get yourself out of that? You you talked about, you know, doing that time going through the divorce and going through a foreclosure. You made sorrow and cowboy. So is that how you got out of the rut or you used art to get out of it? Or what else did you do? Is some of the technique you use? You, you talked about meditation. You talked about um, those two pieces you created, which are phenomenal. So how did you get out of a rut? Um, for me, it's always just time and frankly, multiple projects. Mm-hmm. It, I, I tend to work on several things at once. Mm-hmm. And I, I move back and forth. So when I get stuck one place, um, you know, I just go on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll circle back around and see if I'm ready to, you know, move forward mm-hmm. on the first thing that I was working on. But I would say for me, really, the more important thing is that as I'm really fortunate to have a pretty close-knit family, to be part of a really solid community of people. Mm-hmm. Who have you know kind of kept me moving and yeah that's important the people you have in your yeah. environment yes definitely if they're you know if they're toxic then you got to get them out of there but you can use toxicity as a project also you know yes. and you know but you don't want to admit too much of that in your environment because it could be detrimental to your health <laughs> you know <laughs> as i know i know about that but how did you make out during the pandemic you know i was working in manhattan and i was working in behavior health and but how did how, how did you deal with it how did you how did you get through the pandemic with the lockdown and you know being um, blind and things of that nature how did you get around how did you view it what's your vision of that 
So, so like everybody, it was a, a mixed bag. Um, you know, obviously there was some re- resentment because I was still in a period of time where, you know, I could drive more and, you know, now I'm really coming to a place where in the next year or two, you know, I'm not going to be able to drive at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there was some resentment, sure, you know, that I was penned up and there was no place to go. And mm-hmm. did, um, did on you... the other hand, I also realized pretty quickly into it that we were in for a long haul, mm-hmm. that we weren't just going to be, you know, all running back out in the streets like nothing ever happened in six weeks. Wow. And so I really resolved to take on some long projects that I had put off, mm-hmm. some of them for years. I had a business that was losing money, uh, you know, and I got it closed down and got rid of all that stuff that was associated with that resale business. Mm-hmm. So I got a question for yeah. you about that before I sure. forget about it. Um, and I wrote it down. It was like, it was about why I hate myself hot sauce. Can you talk about oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my farm projects that I did uh, that year? I grew a ton of fun hot peppers, <laughs> and I just gave it a really catchy name, you know, because people eat the hot food, and you know, a lot of them really don't even enjoy it. Uh-huh. I called it the "Why Do I Hate Myself" hot sauce. <laughs> Was it? I had those stuff with these little scorpion tags on it, and they sold like hotcakes for Christmas. Mm. Was it good? Was it, what, what was it? Yeah, I still have a little bit left. I'll get you one if you want it. Definitely got to send one up here to New Jersey. Definitely, I love. I love. I love hot sauce, and I'll, I'll text you I my, my address. But um, so during the pandemic, you were busy with projects, and it, you use it as an impetus to create more. Is that correct? Since you were yes, locked down, I did. I did more art. I worked on harder projects. I actually did some online therapy. Uh, you know, I really just used the time to take on stuff that that I would have avoided or would not have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I really feel like I, even though it was hard, and you know, like I, I missed all my friends and I couldn't see a lot of my family, you know, but I really feel like overall I had the luxury of being able to move myself into a you know healthier, better space. Mm-hmm. Well put. Well put. Do you have a ultimate a dream or ultimate goal? What's your dream? So, wow. Um, I would say that I'm more goal focused than overall dream focused. Pretty much all the things that I've wanted to do in my life, mm-hmm. I've I've you know I've gone for uh-huh. and gotten. This. There's nothing. There's nothing pressing down on me that says, you know, you really need to do this before you, you know, before you leave this place. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, like a bucket list? <laughs> yeah, so my bucket list is, you know, it still has things on it, but for example, um, right before the plague came, after I got the diagnosis, you know, that I was going to lose, you know, substantial amounts of my sight mm-hmm. um, and, you know, most of my central vision. I decided that I really wanted to see beautiful things. You know, I wanted to make visual memories for myself. And so I took six weeks and drove across country. Mm. Um, I saved up money, did a crazy ton of, you know, side gig jobs. Mm-hmm. And I went to Barcelona oh. uh, to see the works of Gaudi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who is one of your inspirational artists that, that you like? Uh, you oh, like? my gosh. Yeah, if, that, if I could just, you know, pick one artist, Gaudi would probably have been it. Mm-hmm. Architecture, glass, 
wood, just furniture, amazing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you tried your hand at making furniture? Since you have this, you have the space to make furniture. Is that correct? I do, and I I did have some wood tools, but I have pretty well laid that aside, along with you know metal work and some other things. Just things that I'm probably just not going to get to in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to. Um, um, I was just tested for glaucoma last week. You know, my father had it. My brother has it now, mm-hmm. and um, you know. Uh, working with metal and welding and things of that nature. Um, I had to like, just take a introspective, you know, in it, like look, look at, look at it and say, you know, how can I express myself in a different direction besides damaging my retina? You know, exactly. You know, I had to like, sit, you know, like really analyze it and, you know, look at my children. Do you have children by the way? I do. I have one biological son. I had a foster son who oh. has passed. Oh, no. Um, and I have what I call extra sons. They were uh, mostly young men, but a few young women that, you know, came along over the years and stayed for days, weeks, months. Mm-hmm. So you, you have help with your farm work then? So um, none of the kids are local any, at this point. My son went to grad school out mm-hmm. in uh, Minnesota and mm-hmm. married a local girl out there. Oh, good. And he good. finally he got around to calling me a couple of years ago to tell me he wasn't coming home, which I already knew. But <laughs> yeah, <they always> do <laughs> I that. figured that out. <laughs> but I do see a lot of the extra sons. You know, they, they will come and visit or, you know, they call. Mm-hmm. How many animals do you have? Do you take care of now? So the, we are down to 13 sheep. Uh, as of this morning, we're down to three cows, mm-hmm. uh, probably about 125 chickens, Oh, uh, a donkey, a mule, uh, and we are down to eight, 14 pigs. Mm. 14 pigs. Correct. Wow. Do you slaughter them yourself? So I have, and we do, um, but for, for the farmer's markets and my customers, we generally use one of a couple of small family USDA mm-hmm. um, facilities that are, you know, with an easy drive of us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my, my parents were farmers. They were from Virginia. And, nice. and I think my mother still has a farm there. So yeah. I can't go too much into that. But, um, you know, um, what are you... Um, what's motivating you right now? Um, I really, I just, I have this awesome life. I've got a good study routine. Uh, my parents uh, actually purchased the farm from me after the divorce when I was in foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of done this reverse family farm thing, but they tore down the old farmhouse. They built a, a one-story uh, handicapped accessible facility up there. Mm-hmm. And so they live about 800 feet away, which is great. I can check in every day, you know, mm-hmm. do things with them and for them. And are you gonna? I, are you gonna have? Still, are you gonna have? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are you gonna have to go to like a Braille a Braille school? So they say that people my age have a very low success rate mm-hmm. at learning Braille. Really? I never never heard that. Wow. Why is that? Yeah, um, apparently that's just language acquisition in general, I guess, is done better mm-hmm. in, with, with children and younger people. Mm-hmm. Just like learning um, a new, uh, learning another skill, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. So apparently this, you know, the whole, you know, tactile reading thing, but yes, there are definitely classes and um, self-sufficiency things that I will do. Mm -hmm. Um, I am starting a low vision uh, with a low vision specialist up in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. uh, sometime in the next month or two. I don't have my first appointment uh, scheduled yet, but eventually they'll help me do things, you know, get on the cane and Mm -hmm. uh, there's people, you can take classes that uh, teach you to keep cooking, for example. There's technology talking, measuring cups and measuring spoons. Oh, yeah, everything's IT now, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's great. So they'll, you know, get me familiar with technology and, mm-hmm. you know, how to do a lot of these things safely and keep being independent. That's that's wonderful. Use it. I tell, I, yeah. I preach use the tools that's out there. You know, technology has come a long way. Like, I can just basically write a novel with my voice, you know, and... um you know, it's it's difficult, but there's a lot of tools out there for us to use. Um, but I was going to ask you about, um, you know, um, what concerns do you have right now? You know, as far as like um, the direction the country's moving in. So I I live in in fear. Um, I I do think um, that we are very far down a very scary path. Uh, you know, that is not safe for for many of us. Um, and if I were younger, I would maybe be looking like a lot of my friends at, you know, external country solutions. <laughs> um, I, 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 well, you laugh, but I have quite a number of friends who had dual citizenship opportunities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have They've, you know, gone back to Israel. They've, you know, they had... European grandparents mm. have taken advantage of of opportunities there. I have several friends who just gone to Mexico and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going to be here and I, I've always been politically active and I expect I'll still be out in the streets when I can expressing my displeasure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's right. That's right. Miss Thompson is an activist also, and uh, not only a visual artist but an activist activist artist and a farmer and she does comedy so um we're just about out of time for this podcast and i got a, another question for you yes sir and it's dealing with um we talked about your dream we talked about is there a cure we didn't talk about is there a cure for your your disorder is there some type of cure oh. So there is no cure. Um, right now, there is a procedure, and unfortunately, because my condition is so rare, that even though it has showed a lot of promise with other conditions like RP and all, mm-hmm. uh, it, there's, we're still in the trial stage for my condition, but it does appear to buy people about 10 years of slowdown mm-hmm. in the progression mm-hmm. of the disease. Is that are you using is that for are you using eye drops or? No, this is a surgical procedure. They actually implant a medicated disc directly into the the eye, and it time releases. And like so, what they're what they're expecting is that it's just going to slow down the progression mm-hmm. a little bit and buy people some time. And you know who knows what's in the pipeline behind that. Yeah. Never yeah. Hope. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm hopeful. 
always be hopeful yeah. you know definitely be hopeful well listen on the last note what encouragement would you give um people who are visual artists or making art who have um MacTel or who are going blind i would tell people facing any challenge Every life is going to face challenges. I mean, mm -hmm. I would have faced challenges with my vision, maybe even just through normal aging. You know, we all mm -hmm. are going to have these things that happen to us, diseases and strokes and catastrophic things. Keep moving forward. Find different ways to express yourself. Don't be afraid to fail, to try new things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you new for that. technology, if it comes around and is helpful. Mm -hmm. When you go into your studio, what it, how's your vision? What do you see? How's I'm trying to imagine it. How do you, what do you see when you go to your studio? Is things blurred or do you see multiple objects when there's only one object? So there, there's several things going on. Again, I cannot see straight lines. Facial recognition beyond about uh, 10 or 12 feet is very poor. Mm-hmm for me now. In the right eye, there's a huge dead spot right in the center. Mm -hmm. Things go into it and they just disappear, you know, and when I turn mm -hmm. my head, they'll reinflate coming out the other side. Uh, sometimes I see suggestions of things and it appears to be something else to me. Mm -hmm. So there's some, you know, mm -hmm. crap that my brain makes up sometimes wow. that I, I have to sort out. Um, and there is just overall a lack of, of detail. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, you make beautiful art. Keep making that art. It's beautiful. Thank you. It's great. Thank it's you. very encouraging. I'm very encouraging about your story. And um, we're running out of time for this podcast, but I'd love to have you on again. It's a late. You know, if that's, if that's okay. And what projects are you, do, do you working on now? What, what do you have coming up? You talked about... There's quite a few pieces. Um, I have a really neat idea for some uh, glass and clay pieces that actually incorporate uh, encouraging braille uh, phrases or slogans that would be both visually pretty but tactile mm -hmm. for the visually impaired. Um, I have a piece I'm working on uh, that's about patience. About patience? Patience, yeah. Being patient. Being patient. Oh, oh yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. So I there's quite a few things on my my block for this fall. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Well, you got to contact me. Let me know when it, when it's showing. When you're showing your pieces, and um, we'll give you the support, all the support we can give you here. At Scramble eggs and ham. So this this afternoon, I was the scrambled egg, and you were the ham. You did a great job. Thank you so much, Trebs. Thompson. Really appreciated it. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, you're wonderful. Keep up the great spirit. And thanks for encouraging us on Scrambled Eggs and Ham podcast. Have a wonderful and victorious week. And I will check back with you again, Trebs. See how you're doing later on in the month. But right now, I want to thank you for joining us today. My sincere prayers are for your health and happiness and that you live out your lives to the fullest. Thank you. For listening to the Scramble Eggs and Ham podcast, my guest today was Tribs Thompson. Did I get that right, Tribs? You did. Thank you so much for having me. What a delight. And the best to you too, sir. Alrighty. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.